it brings people together to exchange ideas and understand what they've got um, in common. When you ideate with other people, you, know, you come up with different ideas. It's lovely to work on things you're passionate about, but in a way that passion can get in the way of communicating it effectively. Welcome to The Common Creative. My name is Chris Meredith. And my name's Paul Fairweather. And today we have a very unusual uh, podcast podcast because we don't have a guest. Uh, and the reason we don't have a guest <laughs> is because Chris and I wanted to have a chat about our new program, Ideas and Stories That Matter. And also I think a podcast to celebrate the fact that we have now met in person after two years of working together. Um, this is almost a celebration of something that's been waiting far too long to happen. Yeah, that's right. So let's get into our discussion, Chris. So in fact, we should have probably done this interview when we were together a couple of weeks ago here in Brisbane. <laughs> that but, would have been logical. That definitely would have been logical. <laughs> yeah. So for our, for our listeners, Chris and I have been working together for two years. I'm based in Brisbane. Chris is based in Sydney. And as a result of COVID, primarily, we have been unable to be in the same room together, although we've done 50-odd po podcast episodes uh, and a series of online workshops. So um, we met a week and a half ago to produce a live workshop for a group of about uh, 15 people in Brisbane. And in a moment, we'll, the main purpose of this podcast is to talk about that, that new product we've got, Ideas and Stories That Matter, which is a workshop. It will be soon an online training program. It's designed to help people get their ideas heard. Before we get into that, though, I, I think I owe it to our audience to describe a little bit about the world of Paul Fairweather. Um, Paul's broadcasting from his very beautiful studio. It's decorated with fantastic artworks of his own creation. He's got the ultimate man cave. It's a little bit separate from his house. He's broadcasting from there right now. And I'm very jealous of this amazing spot that, that Paul has built. He, he's, as an architect, he designed it himself. Um, what a pad. What a pad. Thanks for putting me up and hosting me. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. It was good to have you uh, uh, staying in the studio. Yes, it's interesting. When I built the house, the carpenters I had, as it took shape, one day they stopped me and said, just, just explain this to us. Just explain that this is all for you. And I went, yep. And they went, oh, my God, you're a bloody genius. Uh, so, uh, and I've got to say that um, uh, my wife had a similar reaction when she worked out what was going on. But I don't think there was no word of genius in there um, <laughs> at, the, at the time. And, uh, but anyway, so that's, uh, yes, so that's, that's the, my wonderful studio. And the lesson uh, from that is we should all become architects, which all men should become architects if they want a man cave, so that they can get what a man cave built without anyone else finding out. But yeah, we got together. And the purpose, apart from physically meeting up, was to deliver a workshop for ideas and stories that matter. We've spent a long time developing it and trying to get our inspiration into some practical tools that help people get their ideas across. We were at the Powerhouse in Brisbane, a stunning venue um, by the river and some amazing people. But Paul, what was, your, what, what was your summary? What do you think, how do you think it went? Chris, I think it went very well. I, I suppose one of the... Um, concerns or you know uh, 
unknowns that we both had is about how we would be in the room together because people tell us our our podcast guests and our guests on our online courses say that we have a great energy um, but we didn't know if that was going to translate to a live setting and the feedback that we got that it did but look I think that uh, it was a great learning curve we, you know, we learn a few learn a few things and as you and I know we are both constantly curious and uh, you know so curious about what worked and what didn't work but I, I think that there was a couple of things that you know I know that I knew but it still was a surprise to me and one of the ones was that basically the way we uh, orchestrated this room was we had these small rectangular trestle tables of four people and often in these conference venues they have big round tables that might have eight or longer tables that have six or eight people on it and there was just a real magic in that group of four because we partnered people up based on a, a bit of a an algorithm around their creative type into pairs to do an exercise together then those pairs joined a table to create a four and there was an incredible amount of energy and one of the things you know that we teach and we're very strong on is about that when you ideate with other people you know you come up with different ideas and that was just a living exa- a living example of that theory in watching those people sit around in those groups of fours so from here on in wherever possible we're going to try to have groups of tables of four because it seems to be the best communication tool uh, to ideate in a, in a small group. I think it's worth explaining that all of the attendees had brought with them a topic that they cared passionately about. Uh, one person wanted to help eliminate litter in Australia. Another person wanted to rebrand and reimagine what was formerly Australia Day. Um, big topics that really matter to them. And so I think the idea of them working together with other people really helped them look at the task from an outsider's perspective. And it's lovely to work on things you're passionate about, but in a way that passion can get in the way of communicating it effectively. So working with a group helps you see it from another person's point of view. And the feedback showed that people really enjoyed and benefited from working in groups. I, I agree with you. I think that was a really important lesson. The, the, the other thing that struck me, uh, delivering the program with a live audience, is how much everyone understood the power of emotions in storytelling that that what helps people change their minds what helps people understand an idea is when they connect with it emotionally and the great temptation especially for kind of senior business people who are the people in the session is to kind of use the power of logic the facts the evidence and the and the, the brutal logic of an argument but actually what people, what human beings respond to is emotion. And by working together in little groups, I think people understood that there's perhaps better ways of getting their ideas across by being raw, being vulnerable, being open about your own emotions in relation to the topic, and therefore challenging your audience to decide whether they're, they're going to come aboard with your journey or whether they're going to adopt part of your journey. Mm. And I think the other uh, benefits, it leads on from that, you know, and it's about is say sort of challenging the audience that what I noted with the participants is that they often challenged each other each other so you know based on our selection pro- process generally the pairs didn't know each other and generally on a table of four they didn't know each other so they were strangers and as you said earlier Chris they came with a very strong um, sort of topic that they were passionate about or an observation and insight to turn that into an idea but I found that so often that the ideas became a lot 
a lot deeper or a lot a lot more, me- more meaningful. Um, and uh, you know, and, and, and one in particular that stands out was this woman who had this bugbear, I suppose, it was an observation or insight about at her work that people don't clean up about herself uh, up after themselves in the in the communal kitchen. And and through discussions, you know, in that in the end, that ended up to be a much bigger thing about about people taking responsibility for their environment. And so, and I thought it was a great um, uh, insight. And then she had a fantastic story about how she, uh, after having a few drinks, she noticed a fellow flick a cigarette butt onto the ground, and she confronted him, and uh, and how embarrassed he was for his actions. So I think it was really interesting that, um, uh, and you know, and the differences between a live and a, a Zoom call is the the spontaneous nature of breakouts. In a Zoom call, we have to set up breakouts. Go on, you're two minutes or five minutes in a breakout room, but here, you know, people can constantly talk to someone else and get feedback, and I think that's a really big difference because generally. You know, while you have the chat channel on a Zoom, it's not the same. It's not the same as having a, a quiet conversation with someone or showing them a diagram or holding up a note or something like that. And that was, for me, uh, you know, a great thing to see back in the, the live room. Paul, I agree completely with that. And it's, it's a great lesson for everybody that if if you think, I, I don't have big ideas, that's not my kind of thing, I, I don't, I'm not worthy for this kind of program... But I do have a bugbear about people who don't do their own washing up. That could absolutely be the seed for a story you want to tell, an idea that you want to get across to the world. In that instance, it became something much bigger about mindfulness. But whatever it is, it could be about people who walk too slowly down the pavement. It could be, uh, I don't know, bus queues. So whatever gets your goat, that's the start of something big, potentially. So I agree. I thought that was a wonderful example of ideas and stories in action helping somebody elevate their idea and then communicate it passionately mm. do you know we're making it all sound like very heavy duty thing in fact the work was was quite light there were lots of kind of light touches to keep things moving keep energy levels up um i think i mean paul you're obviously a visual artist and one thing we challenged people to do and again we got great feedback on it was this exercise of drawing each other um it's, it's a well-known workshop exercise. It never fails to get people excited and thinking um, where you, you don't just ask them to draw each other, which is by itself quite an intimidating thing. They have to draw each other without taking their pen off the paper and also without looking down. And the, the finished results um, look like Picasso has been in the room. They're, they're fantastically semi-abstract uh, images. But they get people to connect because you have to look direct into someone's eyes, which is a very unusual thing to do. Um, and suddenly people feel like they can open up and they can explain what's on their mind and share ideas that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Um, I, so I thought that was a particular highlight. Lots of kind of light touches to kind of lift the mood and to kind of get people to access different bits of the brain, I suppose, is what happened. Yeah, it, there is about privacy. It, it, it's interesting. As soon as we say we're going to do a drawing, everyone... You know, half the room clench up. You know, like, uh, you know. Uh, often when I do a workshop, I say, "Well, we're going to do uh, we're going to do singing, drawing, and poetry." And and normally, you know, when I say, "Well, we're only going to do drawing," everyone's a relief. But occasionally, you know, someone goes, "Oh, I wanted to sing." <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, more often than not. So yeah, no. Look, it is a great exercise, and it's it you know it's it's uh 
it's interesting because we do illustration, what we call illustration, which is not necessarily a graphical thing, uh, but how you illustrate an idea or a story uh, by by through graphical representation and pictures or by data or, or a metaphor, uh, case studies and the like. Uh, but we did start the day with a, with an illustration or an illustrative technique about about drawing, and it is a really great thing. And look, to say that they look like Picasso, some of them are fantastic. They really do. And you know, as I say, that Picasso is an was an incredible draftsman, and it took him a whole career to be able to draw like a six year old uh, <laughs> to deconstruct. But you know, most of our participants, you know, off the bat, are drawing like Picasso. So. It really is a uh, a very um, a very different uh, experience for people. I think it's a testament to the the power of teaching and facilitation. That that if if you just said to somebody, draw the person sitting opposite you, uh, I think they would really struggle. They would um, feel intimidated by the exercise if you didn't give them any guidance at all. But you throw in a couple of rules, which on the surface seems like stupid rules, that you can't look down and you can't take your pen off the paper. And suddenly something beautiful appears. Um, and people surprise themselves about the kind of talent they've got within. And so without facilitators, without teachers, without a framework, you'd struggle. But suddenly you're, you're liberated and you think, well, I'm not, I'm not a kind of an idiot. I do have stuff to contribute. I can be communicative and creative. And I, I think that energizes people about their own personal ideas um so it looks like a trivial exercise i think it's really powerful really really clever way of helping people gain confidence yeah that's great and all the other great benefit from the day besides the fact that you and i got to spend some time together was uh that we uh engaged uh, my good friend benjamin brittenstein as a videographer to record the day and so we have a um, a, a brilliant uh, video record which will, it will is is up on our website and uh, we are going to post on LinkedIn so if you want to know more about um, the program if you check out our website the link will be below to the video uh, check it out and um, drop us a line let us know what you think about it uh, and whether you're interested in uh, pursuing uh, maybe working with us yeah we've got one coming up it's interesting um, we, we've got one coming up which is about leadership um, the, the client has challenged us to use the idea of ideas and stories that matter as a vehicle to bring their leaders together and encourage them to collaborate more. Um, and I think that's a really clever use of the tool because not only does it help people express themselves, it brings people together to exchange ideas and understand what they've got um, in common. So um, I'm really excited by the way that this is now being used for more than just expressing a personal idea, for, for helping leaders come together and drive a bigger change, a bigger agenda for change in that particular organisation. Hmm. Well, that was great, Chris. Um, nice chatting to you, with you. It'd be nicer if you were uh, uh, in the room, but we will be in a room again within a week anyway. Yeah, at this time we got to arrange something. The first time we were due to get together, it got cancelled because there was some flooding in Brisbane. We did get together, but it was a bit of a full-on business trip. I think this time we should maybe even get to a bar or a restaurant together um, to celebrate the fact that we, we actually have met up. So that was us riffing about our own programme, but I think it's more about the listeners, Paul. Uh, if someone's out there has got 
wants to find out more about ideas and stories that matter or any comments about the program, please pop them in the chat below or head to the links to find out more. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you've got any comments, let us know and we'll pick it up in the next episode. Yeah, great. And uh, yeah, certainly drop us a line. If you go to our website, the links below, as Chris said, you'll find our email address to, uh, to reach out and, and happy to have a discussion. And hopefully we'll be coming to a city near you soon either live or via Zoom. So, uh, Chris, it was great. This is how we started, you and I, two years ago, just <laughs> just riffing on, on Zoom. And here we are, two years later, back to that. Nothing changes, it seems. The circle has turned full circle. Yeah. Yes. Um, drop us a line. Hope to see, see you soon. Yeah, so next week we have a, uh, a, a very... Uh, a guest who whose story is that he was given the job as president for Australia's National Speaking Association in February 2020. So he handed the biggest hospital task uh, that you could imagine. So uh, anyway, we'll speak to him um, next week. And the leader speaking organisation when there's a pandemic and there are no speaking opportunities. That will be fascinating. Next week's show. <laughs>